0: Welcome to HDA's Redefining Workplace podcast, where we'll talk with experts about all things related to office design in the age of COVID-19, while keeping CREs up to date with new insights as they emerge. I'm Melissa Pacey, Principal at HDA in our San Francisco office, and super excited to be your host today. Today, we'll be doing a deeper dive into what it's like to be your own client during a global pandemic, a civil rights movement, and an economic crisis. We reopened our Minneapolis office, which is also our headquarters, on June 1st. Here to talk about the decisions and planning that led to our office reopening are Sarah Burseth, the Minneapolis Office Director and a Senior Mechanical Engineer, and Robin Lang, HDA's Director of HR, also located in Minneapolis. Sarah and Robin, thank you for joining us today. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks, Melissa, likewise. So, Robin, we're going to start with you. When Governor Walz announced the offices could begin reopening April 27th, what was the first thing that you did? The
1: first thing that I did was actually read the information that the state of Minnesota had put together. So it wasn't unexpected, but the documentation and the script, if you will, that Minnesota put together was actually very helpful and prepared gave us guidelines, really straightforward guidelines of address this, have you thought about this, are these the considerations that are in your plan, and if not, they need to be because this is something that's required by the state. And that became a really strong framework for us to replicate throughout the country as the rest of our offices uh, followed suit closely thereafter.
0: And who are the first people that you engage to help you with this effort?
1: The first people that we talked to would were on the HR team, the office directors, and the interior design team. And Melissa, you were a part of that as well because of the survey information that had already been done to just get a sense of what people were looking for. What did they need to have from their employers? So particularly, what did they need to have from HGA in order for them to feel safe and feel comfortable coming back into the workplace after being at home all by themselves or with their family for three months? So it was definitely a team of people that were talked
0: with. And so I know a significant amount of effort was put into the plan that we created prior to opening the Minneapolis office but could you give our listeners a high level idea of the components of our phase one plan? And I thought we could start talking about who came into the office, maximum occupancy levels and the modifications that we made to our offices. So the, the phasing
1: was a nomenclature that the state of Minnesota actually introduced in and, and really helped employers, including HGA determine these are certain guidelines that, the state needed to be at in order for people to safely return to work. So in our conversations with leaders across the firm, it was a decision made that for our phase one, we wanted to limit capacity to 25% of our employee population, just to make sure that there was enough social distancing room that people felt like there was going to be the space around them where they could come in, they were going to be crowded into the elevators and the spaces that have uh, multi-tenant occupancy, really playing back to what employees said that they needed to have to feel comfortable with. Along with that came the property management components of this is what the building was going to do to help our employees feel safe and help us uh, prepare for that. The capacity limits was actually one of the big points of consternation. We were really worried that after people had been at home for so long, that they really wanted to come back into the office. And for example, in Minneapolis, we were saying 25% of over 300 people. What if we do have 100 people that say we want to come back, And, and how do we deal with that? And so Sarah had put together a survey of the. Minneapolis employees, which was replicated across the firm in following weeks, just asking people, are you comfortable? Do you need to be in the office? And we broadly defined need as employees deciding, I need to be in the office because internet's so much better there, or I love my family, but there's too much family. I need space. I am I need to be around some other people. I need to see something different. And we didn't ask for a definition of what need was, but we let employees determine for themselves that they had a need. And then when the survey came back, there were very few people that said that they needed to be in the office. So all of our fears about uh, hitting capacity limits and worrying about social distancing really changed how we... Communicated thereafter within the office, and it was more about cleaning protocols and the wearing of masks that became the focus, rather than how many people, because we knew there were not going to be that
0: many people in the office at any one time. Sarah, did you have anything you wanted to add to that?
2: No, Robin did great. She's just on a roll. <laughs> All
1: right, A whole bunch of that was a whole bunch of that really is Sarah's the capacity planning. I think even today we're seeing that people are still uh, following our guideline of if you can work from home and that follows for many of our employees across the firm itself the guidelines that are set in place by the state uh, governance and uh, it's just it's nice to see that people can take a break if they want to and they do and we have anywhere in I think across the firm anywhere from five to eight people in the office at any one time. So there's not a lot of people but the people that do come into the office find a lot of value in just a different location and being around the one person they're working with on a project helps them with the collaboration and so it's worked out well. The next big question is what comes next? I think a
2: big shift happened when initially we started planning we were thinking Everyone was thinking after working from home and working in Zoom, we wanted to come back to the office to work together and to collaborate and to work in big teams and to sit in a conference room and look at drawings together or submittals. But... It took a mental shift and a cultural shift of that is not why we're going back to the office. Actually, why we're going back to the office is for individuals that for whatever reason needed to be back in our physical space to work independently. And there are some meetings that are happening one-on-one with people as they need to work together, but primarily is for people to access resources, access that faster internet speed, have some heads down quiet space that they might not necessarily have at home. And once we made that shift, the quantity of people that were looking to come back into the office fell quite a bit.
0: Which makes total sense. My next question was going to be just how busy has the office been since reopening? I know we've seen increases and decreases. Was the lack of people coming into the office a surprise to either of you? It was a
2: surprise to me. In our initial surveys and just from what we were hearing from people, we really felt like people wanted to get out of their work from home environment and get, quote unquote, back to work. But as this virus has evolved, as people's personal comfort level has evolved with how much they're interacting outside of their home, we've seen that shift. And on a day-to-day basis, we only have between five and 10 people in the office. Just this week, I had to go in on Monday to access some files from an old project, and there were less than five people in the whole building. And it feels different. It doesn't feel like the old space that we were going to and working in in March when we all moved to work from home. There's not that sense of collaboration. There's not that buzz and that energy. We're finding that energy in different ways through zoom right now and it's not unfortunately right now in our physical office
0: absolutely could one of you talk about the tools that we're using to manage people who are visiting the office or even going to a job site as well as the protocols that we're putting in place as far as cleanability masks and area usage
1: So we designed, after a lot of thought, we designed our own health uh, assessment that we require people to use before they go to the office or go to a job site. And it's 12 questions. It mirrors what's in the CDC guidelines. And we ask that every person who's not working from home complete that on a daily basis. Um, For us, it's an honor system. We're asking people to self-report and if they are saying that they are showing any of those symptoms or they have been exposed to anyone with the virus, that they stay home. And I'd say that's working about 90% of the time. We have done audits uh, to compare people that are coming into the office with the health assessment and we found that Uh, Some people do need to have some reminders of this is, in fact, something that we care about. We want to make sure that we are providing a safe environment for our employees. And the best way that we can do this is to make sure that everyone that's coming to the office uh, is indeed completing the assessment. We don't have that same ability to cross compare for people that are going to job sites. But we do believe that a very large percentage of our employees are taking this seriously
0: and actively supporting the process that we've put in place. And I've been impressed as well. A colleague last week was on a job site and had to fill out three of those because the client required it, the GC required it, and we required it. And he did say ours was the only tool that said, if you have any of these symptoms, stay home, and recommended to the GC and the client that they put that in their language as well, because that is a really important piece of this is if you feel like you may be sick, don't infect other people or go around other people. So for what it's worth, I thought that that was a helpful thing to know.
1: I think we're also seeing in HGA as a whole, we've been very fortunate that we've had only a few people that have tested positive And for the most part, that was early in March. So I think people have been lulled into a sense of security that this is all going on on the outside and I don't need to worry about it. And all of that changed last week when we had different results in different instances coming up for people. And then it was, oh, this is real. And this is what you mean. And this is why you're you're asking, who have I been with and the contact tracing becomes so important and people have a a different appreciation for the exponential effects that an exposure can have within an office. So we, we are taking it seriously and I think hopefully we don't have to replicate that again, but I think our people are also understanding that this virus is very scary and it's, you just don't know where it's going to show up and who it's going to show up
0: with. With those evolving circumstances, has that made us rethink any of the protocols that we've implemented into the offices that are open?
1: I think the rethinking we're always watching what the CDC is saying, and the CDC has obviously uh, changed and evaluated some of their protocols. The biggest change that most people have seen is the, around the wearing of masks, and HD has always highly recommended that people wear masks. Uh, to and from. And when they're in the office, they need to wear them when they're walking in public spaces, but not at their desk. I think the CDC change to that supported HGAs ruling around that. Uh, One of the other changes is just a different communication to people when they are exposed, or if they're exposed to a positive case you have to let someone know. And in HGA's case, it's letting their HR manager know and the benefits people know, and then you have to stay home. You can't come into the office, you can't go get something, you have to stay home, and then you follow all the other protocols. And and I don't know if that's a change, but it's definitely been a restatement that we've made to our people just to reinforce, again, safety matters, and this is the protocol that we have in place.
2: As this has evolved, it's just been really important to keep reaching out to people and the CDC recommendations are evolving. Obviously, the level of infection rates are evolving in different areas of the country and making sure that whatever choices people are making, that they know that they can make the choice for themselves and that they're comfortable making it. So going to job sites, constantly checking in with teams and making sure that that's something that they're comfortable with, that they're comfortable going to that job site to either do a pre-punch or a uh, marketing walkthrough and checking in with people because their opinion of where they stood as an individual a month or two ago may
0: not be where they are at now. I know one of the other things that we've been looking at is, and we've been talking about quite a bit with both our clients and ourselves, is modifying our mechanical systems. What have we done so far in our offices, if anything, to look at air quality?
2: So in the Ford Center, we are a tenant. So we reached out right away to our landlord and we worked on the base building systems when we moved into the building. And so the two primary things that we've been looking at for mechanical systems as people go back to the physical space is the ventilation, the amount of outside air we're bringing into spaces and the rating of the filters in the air handling equipment. We looked at both of those to confirm that we met the current ASHRAE guidelines, and we did, and we did that prior to having anyone back to the office.
0: This pandemic has hosted many challenges for HDA, but with the opening of the office, the closings of the offices, what has been your biggest challenge? And I know there have been many challenges along the way, but if something sticks out to you.
1: One of the challenges, I think, was determining what was the best course of action for HGA to take, especially at the, the very beginning when there wasn't a lot of a lot of specific information. And we were all trying to figure out what are the next steps and are we doing the right thing in the right way. And after a couple of weeks went by, I think we, we came to a plan that we felt was the right answer for HGA and that was because it was based on CDC and uh, and WHO guidelines I think we had a very good foundation and that was probably the biggest challenge is just figuring out what to do next when there wasn't anything and we've I, I think that the thing that helped us a lot was going back to our people and asking our people what matters to you how can we take care of you What's the most important thing for you? And hearing from them reinforced a lot of the ideas that maybe leadership had already been thinking about, but it was that affirmation that we were going down the right path and we were doing things really the right way for our employees and addressing the things that that matter to them.
2: The biggest challenge was at the very beginning of this process, and we made a decision very quickly that we and wanted to move forward very quickly of moving from our physical office to work from home. We decided on a Monday that by the end of the day on Wednesday, we wanted to close down our office. We felt like this was the best path forward for protecting our employees and then all of the uh, families and loved ones of everyone that works at HGA because we all interact with a lot of people outside of work. But that was a At that point in time, it was a really big unknown for people. We have spent our careers, most of us, coming to a physical office and interacting with each other face-to-face on a daily basis, and within 48 hours, that was changed. But luckily, our IT department was really ahead of things and had nearly our entire employee group ready to move to work from home. We had the technology set up, and... There were a a few little stumbles, but within just a few days, people were overwhelmingly impressed with the seamless transition from our physical space to our offices and we were figuring out ways to connect in Zoom, both to do our work and then just to check in with each other. Departments were setting up happy hours and meetings and get togethers and sharing and interacting with each other in ways that we hadn't expected.
0: Yes, I'll never forget that Friday. I felt like I was handing out laptops like I was hanging, handing out bag lunches or something. I was like, Can "You get a laptop, and you get a laptop, and you get a laptop." It was definitely a unique feeling.
2: Yeah, I remember at the office director meeting, I it, it was a total shock to me and I felt like every other office director knew and I didn't know. And obviously after the fact I found out that it was a shock to a lot of people, but Scott started the meeting and he said we're closing down the offices in 48 hours and I, I was. my mind was blown. I didn't know who had a laptop. I didn't know if they had reached out to IT yet to, to start that process. And lo and behold, almost everything was already in motion for us to make it happen. But it was, it was a big shock.
0: I think it was a shock to a lot of people.
1: I think now the challenge is month five in work from home, month four, whatever it is, it seems like it's an eternity. It's that connection piece. And how do we, how do we keep connected? How do you uh, somehow savor the qualities that brought people to HGA? How do, you, how do you figure out how to have some of those same special events, some of the same special conversations? That you did when you were in the office together and how do you do that when you're looking at zoom squares and i think our people are very creative and have come up with some unique ways to to ensure that there's connection there is an awareness of everyone's in a different space and they are dealing with different situations in their home life and and really practicing empathy with one another and recognizing some people are really lonely how do we help with that some people have too many people around them so how do you switch from a zoom call to a phone call so it's the the same collaborative spirit but it's just showing up in different ways and I think that right now is becoming our bigger challenge and it's the stress that people are feeling from uncertainty of knowing how long is this going to go on how much longer does this have to be and dealing with the complexities of people's personal lives, their own situations, the not knowing what's happening with schools and knowing that we have many, many employees that wear multiple hats. And not only are they great employees for us, but they're also now going to be asked to their parents and their teachers and their counselors and their uh, whole host of other Other job roles that are really important that are pulling on their the same time that we want them to do their best so that's that's challenging right now of how do we figure this out and how do we make sure that we all come through this together and we all come through in with really positive results both for our clients and the work that we're doing but for our employees and
0: their personal mental well-being. Sarah, what do you think is the biggest silver lining out of this work from home situation?
2: Moving forward, I think we're going to have a lot more flexibility, even when we're phasing back into the work with a higher percentage of people in our physical space, we're going to see that there are some people that there are benefits, maybe not every day or every week or every month, but there's benefits to some days working from home. Robin mentioned the many different hats and roles and jobs that so many people that work at HGA wear, and I know myself as a a mother of two young children, it's been a blessing lot of days this summer to be able to sit down and have lunch with them or take a quick walk. And so my breaks look different than they used to in the office, but that is one small silver lining. Or not, not even small silver lining, but that's a really nice thing that I think we're going to take forward and we're going to have flexibility because we know that the technology can work now and that we can continue to do really great work at home and we'll move forward with that.
0: Robin, do you see any additional silver linings you'd like to talk about?
1: I think just to compliment what Sarah had mentioned, that flexibility that people have seen has resulted in a different sense of trust. It's like, oh, I can do this. And people feel like they're being recognized and valued for, I can take on this complicated task and I can do it and I can do it well. And I don't need to be around other people physically. I have the resources that I need to figure out answers and people to to be there for me if and when I need them. So I, I do think flexibility is a really big silver lining for people. Uh, for other people, it's also they have more time because they're not they're they're spending their commute time differently. So they have time to spend on preparing healthier meals, and that makes them feel better. They have time to exercise and take walks and spend quality time with whoever they want to be around if they choose to be around people and that has for many people been a really positive aspect of the work from home environment. Uh, There's also that a number of people have commented on the financial benefit so they're saving on gas. They're not paying for parking they they're not paying for the public transportation and they get to wear what they want and maybe from the you know the neck up they're they're wearing zoom attire but any other anything below the zoom screen they're really comfortable and they're feeling like that allows them to do really good work so perhaps that's a silver lining for for many people as well
0: Well, I want to thank each of you so much for taking time out to be here today. This was super helpful, and I think anyone who listens will find it really informative. Great. Thanks for asking. Thanks so much for joining us today. And thanks to both Sarah and Robin for taking the time to talk about HTA's approach to reopening both our main office in Minneapolis as well as our other offices. I think it's great for everyone to keep in mind that engaging employees is a really important step to helping ensure success. To stay up to date with all the insights from HGA, please visit wwwhdacom insights or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and share with your friends or on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. To keep this conversation going, please share on any of our social channels under the post for this episode. If you're interested in talking to me or to any of our guests, Please reach out to the contact information provided on our website. I'm Alyssa Pacey, and I can't wait to talk again during our next episode.